doing a long distance hike and then like living in a car it really gives you a different perspective on things Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Shoe Store, the podcast where we walk a mile in the extraordinary shoes of ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Andrew. All right, cool. Um, and we have a guest here today. Um, tell us about yourself. What's your name? What, what, what is up with you? Um, my name is Alan. I live out of my van. And I'm unemployed because of COVID right now. So I'm I'm chilling real hard. <laughs> and, you know, there are worse places to be. And I p- feel pretty fortunate that I've managed to get myself into this situation because I know some people right now are having a really hard time. Right, no kid. How are you talking to us right now? Like, do you have Wi-Fi in your van? Uh, no. So... Uh, I guess depends on how much backstory you want to get into. Um, but I was working in Portland, Oregon, and lost my job. My I grew up in Southern California, um, but COVID isn't really the best down there right now. So I decided to drive down through Nevada and Eastern Oregon to get to the east side of California, uh, where I've spent quite a bit of time. And... I am near Bishop, California, but not actually in Bishop. And there is a public Wi-Fi community center thing, and I'm just parked outside on on the street in my van, connected to their free Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, there you oh, go. Nice. So, <laughs> making it work. That's right. Well, we appreciate you going to those lengths to do this with us. Oh, yeah, no problem. I know I've been a little bit hard to get a hold of, but... Whenever I'm not here, I don't have service and I don't have Wi-Fi, so. Right. It's all good. Yeah, you haven't actually been the worst at all. Like, we had another person we were trying to get on. And they, they rescheduled, like, ten times before they, like, actually, like, were like, okay, I'm going to come on. And then they just kind of ghosted me and quit replying. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. They, they had access and to I Wi-Fi, mean, too, so to you're a mile ahead of them. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm pretty open schedule wise, so I I don't really have a whole lot going on, so it's pretty easy for me to fit stuff in. There you go. I what can type of van are you? Too. Oh yeah. So what type of van are you uh, going around in right now? I'm in a 2004 Honda Odyssey. Oh nice. It's uh, it's definitely not your tricked out Sprinter van, but it works. Right. <laughs> That's where it gets the job done. For that, I lived in uh, in a 1999. Toyota Camry for nine Ooh. months over a Portland winter, and that was that was definitely rough. <laughs> yeah, right, I, I but, Oh yeah, Camry isn't that roomy. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I was sleeping in yeah. the back. Seat. I didn't. I didn't build it out. Didn't take anything out. I just slept in the back. <laughs> so how did you stay warm during that time? What was your? Show? Um, I I backpack a lot. Um. So I have like camping stuff and hiking stuff, so I can keep myself pretty warm at night for sure. Um, so that oh, wasn't. Nice. Right. 
But I, I was working a full-time job at an ad agency, and I was just like, fuck this, I'm not paying rent. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> right. A car. I was just sick of it. Yeah, I've always thought about, like, living out of a car. Like, wh- I wonder... I don't know, I've always wanted to try it, you know what I mean? I've wanted to sleep in a car. I didn't know what it would be like. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for people to know that they can do it. And I would always recommend people to have a car that you could sleep in if you had to, even if you're just on a long drive, just to make your life easy. Um, but oh, yeah. I guess my mentality and my parents freaked. They weren't happy about it, but whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I guess like my mentality towards a lot of things is that it's always a lot easier to get things than to get rid of them just like mentally it's really hard for people to let go of stuff and you know if you think about like your physiology even the way your muscles work almost all of our strong muscles are made to grab things like our hands are made to grab our arms are made to pull so it's like we don't have an easy time getting rid of stuff but the thing that I tried to explain to people who knew what I was doing was I can live in my car for a week and if I don't like it, I can go on Craigslist and find a place to rent or find somewhere to rent or live really easily. But it's really hard to get rid of things that you don't want or that you don't need. Um, so I, I guess in my mind, it wasn't really that big of a commitment. And if it ever didn't work out, I had a backup plan and I knew I could find somewhere pretty easily if I wanted to pay for it. Do you uh, know how they, do you know how they get water from, how you, how you get water from a monkey? <laughs> do you know how? Do you know how? Um, what you do is you dig a hole and you put like a little treat in there and the monkey will go over to the hole and he'll grab the treat, but you make it so the monkey can't pull the treat out of the hole. And he'll grab onto the treat, but he can't let it go. Like, there's uh-huh. too dumb to let go of things, like, literally. And what I you can do with the monkey will get, like, really thirsty, as you can imagine, because he's just, like, sitting there holding on to a thing. And what you can do, it, you actually put him on a leash and tie him, tie him to a tree, and then you, like, make him really thirsty, and then he'll lead you to water. Interesting. But, but uh-huh. I don't know where you heard that fact. That is that is pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I watched. A, I actually watched a video of it happening. Like it really stuck with me. I'm like, huh? If I ever find go. a monkey, I know how to get the water. Right. But so I guess the, re- the, the reason app- I was saying that, okay. yeah, was because you can't let go. Like the monkey. Like we're kind of like monkeys in a way, and they can't right, let go yeah. of things. We can't let go either. That's right. a good point. Maybe there, there's some people just have a hard time letting go of stuff. Right, maybe yeah, there's some right. deeper biological reasoning behind that then, rather than just... I mean, it's know. just an idea, you know, but right. it wouldn't be... No, so, I, you I, know, think, like, I think it's true, well, especially in our, you know, consumerist culture we're in now, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, you are a product it. of your surroundings and right. you know, capabilities, so... Absolutely. Surprise me I if wonder, there was, like, a deeper cause to that. Right. Now, living out of your van, I wonder, do you, um, I know... I'm vaguely familiar with um, kind of like the lifestyle of like traveling on the go. Um, do you yeah, ever sure. like run into like other people doing similar things? Like you have like um, interactions with those types of people or do you just kind of, is it more of like a soloing sort of journey? I mean, 
in right now it's definitely a solo thing right i try and not really, I, i'm i actually helped my girlfriend build out a toyota corolla and oh. like hanging out together but other oh, than that, that i mean is... like i haven't i haven't been in a store in weeks no like i oh no kidding like months of food i have tons of water so like i really don't talk to people if i don't have to right now but normally I mean, it's super cool to meet other people and see other people's vans or cars or what their setup is. Um, but right now, that's not something I personally am interested in. <laughs> right. But that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually always like I've noticed that like especially if you go out like to like a, maybe a rougher side of town, like they have a lot of socializing. You know what I mean? Like everybody is out in the road talking to each other. And I'm like, I wish we had that. Because <laughs> everybody's like really social and I like that. I like that community type thing. I'd imagine that people that live in cars would have that community. Yeah. yeah. yeah something you know, like It's just like, like anybody. Some people do, some people don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So Alan, yeah, what type, you mentioned COVID. you're you're stocked up on food and supplies right now. What primarily do you have in store? Is it like a lot of cans of baked beans or like what what are you running with right now? Um, so I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat uh, meat. Right. So I eat a lot of grains, beans, nuts, soup, veggies. Um, but all the all of the dry goods are like rice, quinoa, amaranth, grains, uh, wheat berries, lentils, tons of lentils, tons of beans, um, some dried beans, some canned beans, canned soups. Um, and then just like cliff bars and pro bars and other bars and snacks and chips. And... Oh yeah. Cauliflower. Sorry? Cauliflower? Do you eat cauliflower? I do eat cauliflower. I think nice. you, know, so great. you sound vegan actually. Like what you just listed was vegan food, wasn't it, Paul? For the most part. Um, I mean, yeah, all the grains are vegan. I do eat cheese i eat pizza i love pizza (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i mean like right now i'm not eating pizza right oh yeah yeah. but yeah i mean hard cheese like parmesan or cheddar lasts quite a while um true do you have a refrigeration in your van i just have a cooler and that good enough for me what are your cooking methods um so I have a two burner Coleman stove, which is just like any stove top, really. Um, and then I have a small camping stove if I don't want to get out all the pots and pans and stuff. Just want to like heat heat up some tea or some beans or soup or leftovers or whatever. Oh, nice, nice. I mean, it's it's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I wonder I guess- what your day-to-day life kind of looks like scheduling wise like what what do you find yourself you know doing throughout the day uh are you talking about now or before i lost my job um either or i mean whichever is oh sure i think more now but either way yeah sure so right now um i'm actually pretty close to yosemite national park so i wake up pretty early you know i'm of on the sun schedule right now when sun goes comes up i'm up when sun goes down i'm sleeping Um, so i'm usually up fairly early and 
a girlfriend and I both hike a lot and climb a lot. So we usually have um, have a schedule of like big objectives that we want to do or big climbs or hikes that we want to try and get done. So we'll plan those early in the day so that we have all day to get stuff done. And then if we have time left over and we finish whatever we wanted to do a bit early, um, we have like secondary activities that we want that we can do. Um, but usually we'll take lunch with us, snacks, water, um, go out and do whatever, and then come back and hang out for a bit and then either go for a hike or work on any of the other projects that we have at the moment. Climbing? Climbing can be pretty uh, expensive. Do you like boulder that, or what? Sure. So I, I we do boulder, least expensive yeah. and easiest arm of climbing to get into, but we both have ropes and trad gear and harnesses oh. helmets. Oh nice. So Wait, yeah, I mean we, so you we like climb up the wall? Yeah, so we like to do multi-pitch climbing, which is like, you know, big, bigger walls, like, you know, 200 foot plus climbs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not cheap to get into, but mm-hmm. space it out, it's pretty inexpensive. And I think unlike some sports or some activities where, there's like a monthly recurring cost to do something. Um, once you have all of the gear, it's kind of free, so you don't have to upkeep anything. Dude, I, I wish I lived near an outdoor wall because I have to pay for a membership to climb. And yeah, I'll I mean, milk your money. Yeah, my, my partner was a climbing guide, and mm-hmm. she worked at a gym and took people outside and did all that type of stuff. Um, so like I've definitely climbed in gyms and it's a great way to train, but climbing outside is totally free (laughs) for the most, like some areas it costs to get, go to a day pass or whatever, but it's generally pretty inexpensive. Um, You mentioned, I'm um, did you like climbed, I mean, you hiked the Appalachian trail or some trail, right? Tell us about your trail hiking, your backpacking. Um, Sure. So I hiked the PCT, which is the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, there are three, three trails that make up the Triple Crown, which are kind of the most well-known of the 12 national scenic trails um, that were made by the United States government and designated as such. Um, so the PCT on the West Coast goes from the Mexican border in California up to the U.S.-Canadian border in Washington. And then there's the CDT, which runs through the, the Continental Divide. And then there's the Appalachian Trail, which is on the East Coast. So I hiked the PCT last year. Um, and that was about a total of 2,680 miles. Oh, and that wow. the hiking time was about four and a half months, I would say. I don't know exactly how many days I took, but somewhere around there. Um, I- how expensive was it? Uh, that's a great question. And there are a couple different... Obviously, everybody is going to spend a different amount of money to do this. Some people are do it super cheap. And other people, whenever they go into town, they like get a couple meals, get some beers, 
stay at hotels, hang out for a couple days. Um, so, if, you know, like really, you're only spending money in town. So when you're hiking, you're not spending any money. So it kind of depends on how long and what you do when you go into town. Uh, personally, I didn't want to spend that much money if I didn't have to. Um, and when I did spend money, I wanted it to be on things that to me were really important. Um, so that was like, you know, a good meal here and there. But I didn't get a like fancy meal every single town I went into. Um, right. Did but, you ever like forage for food or anything? Um, I never foraged to like sustain myself, but you like there are so many berries in the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's blueberries, blackberries, huckleberries, salmon berries, thimbleberries. So there's a lot of different plants that you learn about that you can eat. And if you pass them on the trail, you start picking them and eating them. But right. I don't know of anybody who has hiked the whole trail just by foraging. I don't that know would if be impressive. <laughs> it would be very impressive. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a fantastic experience and. Anybody who's like really interested in it, I would recommend going for it. But I would also make sure you're prepared and you know what you're getting into. Yeah, I, I actually like that is a dream of mine. But I really want to like hike a really long trail. Oh, the only yeah. thing is, I'm not like really, I, I'm not. My knowledge is kind of limited on that kind of thing, sure. so I need to learn more about that. But yeah, that is like one thing I want to do in life and. I've been told that's like really expensive before and maybe like, you know, I mean, but I mean, the fact that you did it and you're like, oh yeah, you can, you know, I mean, it's kind of up to you how much you spend. I think I have the willpower to like spend only a little bit of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think if, if somebody is interested in hiking it, you know, like there's so much information out there about the trail and how much it costs. Um, mm -hmm. But If you do your research ahead of time and you know like what your budget is and you set yourself an appropriate budget of a couple thousand dollars as like you know with some wiggle room in there i think you know you can definitely hike the trail on three thousand dollars so i guess yeah. uh for my next question it kind of ties back to everything you've said so far and that was yeah, sure. how safe uh, do you feel both in your van and hiking slash climbing? Like, how safe is your day-to-day -day life, would you say? Sure. So I guess I could interpret that in two different ways. Safe in terms of, like, how safe are the activities that I'm doing? Or how safe are the places I'm in in regards to other people? Yeah, both of those. Sure. So, in general... Obviously, climbing is a riskier activity than backpacking, in my opinion. Um, really, the PCT is like a sidewalk in the woods. It's a uh, very well-traveled trail. If you're hiking it in a normal year, there's a ton of people. So it's pretty hard to get lost. If you do get injured some, and, you, and you are on the trail, somebody will come up within 30 minutes. You'll see somebody else. Right. Climbing, you know, if shit goes wrong, 
and you break an arm or something, you know, it could be a pain in the butt to get search and rescue out to you, but search and rescue does exist. So in general, I think it's no more risky than an average person's day, I would say. You know, like there's some jobs I think are way more dangerous than backpacking or climbing. Um, crab fishing. Like, yeah, I mean, Alaska crab fishing is no joke. Well, and, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> pizza driving. Pizza driving super dangerous, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think something that people don't necessarily think about is that even if you're working a desk job and the activity of sitting at your desk isn't that dangerous, it's also not that healthy for you. Like sitting all right. day is good for you. So that right. ways is a dangerous thing. Right. So kind of how like, you define okay. a dangerous activity is pretty subjective. Right. So kind of writing off, you mentioned office job. I know you said before that you were in an advertising agency that you felt um, yeah. the need to leave that. Do you want to kind of go into more <laughs> some of the reasons behind that? What motivated your decision? Yeah, no problem. Um, so I was working at an animation company um, videos for you're you're cutting out a little bit and my background is in can you hear me better yeah yeah yeah. it was just glitching out for a second yeah yeah try again sorry about that oh no worries um so my background is in design and illustration um i studied graphic design and illustration in college and graduated from a school with a degree in that field and I got a job from an internship uh, right out of school and was there on and off for like three years, three and a half years. I worked on the last season of Portlandia, the television show, um, as a graphic designer. And it was fun, but both of those fields were never things that I really cared about. You know, like they're interesting and it's I guess to me it was like it's a job. Right. And yeah. at the end of the day, like you're sitting at a desk making something to make somebody else a lot of money. <clears throat> and that always just kind of bothered me. <laughs> it's like you see the budgets for these projects and then you see what other people are getting paid who are actually making it happen. It's kind of infuriating. Right. And it's, you know, I don't know any job per se that would rectify that um, that discrepancy in my mind, but it just, like, I was going backpacking on the weekends and on holiday, like, holiday vacation time um, to prepare for the PCT a year before, and at some point I realized that I was never unhappy about asking for time off to go backpacking or go going hiking, but there were days when I agreed to stay on the weekend or work overtime or work into the night. Oh, and I wasn't yeah. happy about it. Like I was kind of pissed. <laughs> right. was like, I've never regretted taking time off to go see places. And at a certain point I was just like, you know, I'm young. 
I'm physically capable. I'm in great shape. So if I have the ability and I've saved up the money, which is why I moved into my Camry, to save up an ass load of money so that I wouldn't be struggling if I couldn't get a job for six months after I got back. Um, right. I was like, now's the time. Because you could get hit by a car tomorrow and your chance is over. And, you know, I was talking to my parents a couple days ago and I told them, you know, like I'm not trying to get coronavirus or, you know, get sick and die. But I told them, I was like, you know, if I did get really sick and I was in the hospital, I would have the memories from that hike to keep me happy. That's nobody can take away from me. Um, you know, you could take away everything I have, but you can't take away my experiences. And that was an experience that I really wanted to have, and I'm really happy I did it. So that's a fair point. Kind of the the impetus for for that trip, and I've gone on a lot of other trips since then, and I have a lot of other trips planned that I want to do. <laughs> that's right. Nice. So uh, I have one question that ties back to something you just said, and that's how do you manage? Yeah, any possible medical expenses with no current income? That is a fantastic question. (laughs) So I'm currently 25. I'm going to be turning 26 really soon. So my health insurance is on on the chopping block to... Right. Oh, yeah. Um, So I've looked into different public health plans, um, different travelers insurance, but I haven't found one that I like the most. Um, but that is something that I honestly don't have a great answer to right now. Um, but if something serious did come up, like I, I do have health insurance and I do have a decent amount saved, so I could probably get by okay. But oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, the current state of affairs for American health insurance is pretty terrible. No kidding. <laughs> I have to agree with you there. <laughs> so uh, one thing... Oh, Josh, do no, you want to say something? No, you can go ahead, okay. Paul. One thing that kind of ties back to yeah, what you were saying about America is how has, a, has living in your van impacted your political views at all? Um, that's a good question. And I guess I've never thought about it in those terms. But I guess it makes me, I guess it really, like with, you know, doing a long distance hike and then like living in a car, it really gives you a different perspective on things. And it really makes me kind of disappointed that our government tries to look one way and in reality does something totally different. So I think it's just gone to show me how unfair our fair government really is. And you know, like everybody has different political views. And in my, in my mind, it's kind of like religion. Like you don't tell me what to do. I don't tell you what to do. And we're all happy. It's like, I don't really care what you do as long as you're not killing me or making me do it. (laughs) So, like, I don't care if you like Trump, you don't like Trump, just don't tell me what to think. 
and cause I want to make up my own mind and do my own research. Um, but you know, like living in a car and hiking the PCT, you know, like I definitely was, you know, helped out from people who had totally different beliefs than me and grew up in a totally different way of life, but they were still super friendly to me. And I think in the way a lot of media represents different parts of this country and different interactions among people, they kind of miss out on a big part of our country that is really nice to each other, regardless of what they believe. So I think politics is just a way of dividing people and it's not doing any favors to anybody. What was the coolest thing that happened to you on the trail? Um, that happened to me or that you witnessed or whatever, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, obviously you see a lot of really incredible places, um, that you can only get to by walking. So that's, you know, a very enjoyable part of the trip, which people expect. Um, but the thing that, people don't necessarily talk about as much or don't know about as much is the people that you meet while you hike. And, you know, you'll meet people in their sixties and seventies. And, you know, I met a family of five who was hiking the whole thing. And the youngest person was like 12. So it's just, it's an incredible array of people that you get to meet and talk to from all different countries people come from all over the world to hike the pct um and it also you get to see the kindness of strangers um like there was a there's one day when i was hiking through south lake hiking through the area near south lake tahoe um which is near lake aloha in the desolation wilderness and we were going into town and we had no idea where we were staying that night. I was with uh, another guy's trail name was ET and we found like a, a pin board on the trailhead uh, map thing where we got off trail to come into town. And there was a list of people who you could call. It would host you for the night. So I took a picture of it and as we were in town, like buying food at the grocery store, I just started calling people and leaving messages because, you know, it's like, I don't know where I'm staying tonight and I need to find somewhere before the sun goes down. So I called and left a message to this one guy. His name was Rudy and he was probably in his late sixties, early seventies. Um, and he gave me a call back and said, Hey, I'll meet you here at eight o'clock. Uh, you can stay with me tonight. And we went to his house and he made us dinner. We had ice cream. We watched movies. <laughs> we played with his cats. Uh, you know, like he let it, like he did our laundry and it was just like, we have no idea who this guy is and he doesn't know who we are. You know, like he doesn't know that we're not some terrible people, which I, you know, I don't think we are, but right. You know, like he just let total strangers into his house and was so kind and, you know, just had a great time talking to us and hearing about our experience. And we got to learn about him. And it's those things that I don't think I'll ever forget. Right.
were you nervous that you would like that um the person that took you in would like kill you while you were in bed or whatever eat you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, honestly, that never crossed my mind because <laughs> you know, like, and you know, obviously, I'm coming to that from a white male perspective, and mm. you know, who's a petite female or a person of color might come from that. To, from a different perspective so i can't mm. speak those experiences um but you know like if you're trying to get a ride like people hitchhike into town all the time on the pct and usually the people that pick you up either know exactly what you're doing or have a family member or a friend who is currently hiking or has hiked in the past so they know what you're doing um and they want to help um but you know i've heard stories of people that like you know saw somebody pull over for them and they didn't feel comfortable and they just said hey sorry you know like you know i have someone else is coming to get me in a couple minutes and they just don't get in so nobody's gonna make you get into a car or go into a house that you don't want to so i think you have that freedom to leave if you're not comfortable it reminds me of the um my teacher once told me that her brother was hiking on the trail i don't know which one it was but he was hiking and he mm -hmm. got he was hitchhiking with a a stranger and what happens is the person like thought that they were god <laughs> so what happens <laughs> is they start driving off a mountain through like trees and crap and then they crash into the like they crashed into a tree and this guy's like the only guy who survived the whole thing and i'm like oh my god like, I, I don't know if I want to get in a car with, like, a stranger, but I, I have a feeling that, like, 90% of them, 90% of them would probably be great. But I do not want to be, like, in the car with the guy who thinks he's God or Jesus or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, like, statistically, you know, it'll probably follow a bell curve distribution. Like, right. average ride is probably totally fine. And then you get that, like, 0.1% that's just totally bonkers. But... <laughs> The odds of that are pretty slim, I think. So, right. so Alan, I wonder, considering right now um, you're living out of van, you have like you're doing all these amazing liminal experiences, like going on hikes and stuff. What do you envision your future looking like? Like, do you, <laughs> do, you do you imagine doing this for like a long period of time? Do you imagine doing this till money runs out? Like, what what kind of what's your I guess plan in that sort of sense? Sure. So originally. Like, after I lost my job, I was like, okay, looking for work online. And, like, I can freelance and do jobs online if I need to. Um, but I'm definitely in a position where I don't need to if I don't want to. Um, and I talked to my parents, and I was like, hey, you know, like, if you guys ever need help or you don't want to go to a store or go out in public and you need somebody to get groceries for you, you know, like, let me know and I'll, I'll be happy to come down and help you guys out. And at first they were like, no, we don't want you to come home. <laughs> like, we don't want you around. They didn't want me to get them sick. And, right. uh, no, cause like nobody really knew what this thing was. So they were kind of freaked and, right. you know, now it's to the point where like, yeah, I could come home if I wanted to. And, you know, like there would be some precautions to make sure that like, we're all staying safe and healthy because um, they're like, you know, like they're not super young and my dad and my mom just retired like last year. And so they were going to be traveling a lot and they kind of got screwed. So they're like, 
kind of pissed at the whole thing, but nothing they can really do about it. So I might end up at home. Um, but in terms of doing this long term, I mean, who knows? It would be nice. But, you know, like variety is the spice of life, but you don't want to be over seasoned either. So, yeah. you know, like it's you know, like traveling forever at some point is going to get old. And, oh, yeah. you know, like it's like as fun as it sounds and is sometimes, it's like it's also a lot of work and it's tiring to be moving all the time. Um, right. You know, like figure out where you're going to get, you know, your water and your food and how you're going to do laundry and all the random shit that nobody ever talks about. So, um, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm also not too worried about it because what's the point of worrying? <laughs> it's not going right. to get you. There you go. That's right. How do you do your laundry? That's actually a good question. How do you do I, your laundry? <laughs> I actually, just before I drove down here to get some internet, I was doing laundry. <laughs> oh, there so you there, go. there was like a, like a water fill up station kind of like on this road. And my girlfriend and I set up our cars and we like, I have some, like spare like paracord or like just random line lying around and we tied uh clotheslines between our cars and we emptied out some of our bins that we store stuff in and filled them up with water and just hand washed and set them out to dry and just kind of hung out until they were done oh nice so but, you- i mean there are laundromats but we didn't really want to go in oh <laughs> right yeah, one um, other question is, how how do you keep yourself hygienic? Yeah, with without a shower directly. So that's definitely been like a learning curve. And normally in in town, when all of this isn't going on, like I had a climbing gym membership, and I would use the shower there, and that was pretty easy to stay very clean. Um, but out here, you definitely get dirty a lot faster, especially if you're hiking and doing stuff all day. Um, but we actually, I got is like this garden sprayer, and it's meant for like pesticides and spraying your lawn. Um, but we just use it for water, and it's just like a pressurized spray bottle thing that has a hose and like a kind of like a shower head attachment on one end and you just pump it up a few times and turn it on and it's like a little shower so that's that's how we are if we're like you know parked somewhere um but we'll go swimming in a lake or in a river or you know like take a little nature bath So, Alan, you mentioned kind of that learning curve of, like, figuring out the kind of the finer details of living in a van. I wonder, yeah. kind of gen- generally, how long did it take to get to a point where you felt pretty confident in your ability to, you know, handle all the little nuances of that? Um, in in the city, like, when I was in Portland, it probably took, like, a month. Okay. Really comfortable. Like, I know, I know where I'm going to park. I know I'm not going to get bothered. I know how I'm going to do food and, like, internet and showers wi-fi all that good stuff Mm -hmm. um out here it's like it's pretty simple it just took a few days um right i've also been in 
and out of my car a lot so it's not that complicated for me at this point um and i guess the other thing that i've learned from hiking and from living in a van is that like it all works out at some point like it'll work out it's like it's not over till it's over you know right right you know like coming down here like i didn't know there was going to be a water fill-up station i didn't know there was going to be free wi-fi outside of this building but there's wi-fi everywhere there's water everywhere you like you find it if you look so i think like for the most part you know like you'll find a way to make things happen if you're determined and if you need to um, you mentioned right, right. that you also take photography. What What is that all about? Like, what is that like? Sure. So I grew up, um, my dad's really into photography. He, he was developing his own roles of film in college. Um, so when I got my first camera, which was a Nikon DSLR, um, it was like an old, you know, this is like way back when, um, he told me, he said, I'm only going to give this to you if you shoot on manual because I don't want you using the auto function. So I learned, you know, how aperture affects exposure and depth of field and how shutter speed and ISO play into all of that. Um, and then I got um, a Minolta SRT-101 and an Olympus OM-1, which are two classic film cameras. Shot on those for quite a while. Um, and then after that, I, um, I was at a high school reunion on the East coast, which is where I went to high school. And my friend's dad had a stereo realist, which is a 3D film camera and it shoots on slide film and it, the camera has three lenses and it basically takes pictures you can look up a picture if this is too confusing. <laughs> um, it takes two pictures at once, and the lenses are the same distance apart as your eyes, which enables the photos to have sli a slightly different perspective so that when you look at them at the same time, it gives you a 3D image, and that phenomenon is called a parallax. It's like a different perspective. So if you've ever seen, like, an animated gif where it like flickers back and forth and looks 3d um that's kind of what the camera does so i was like i was hooked i was like this yeah. is sweet and so i like i bought the camera i found the viewer i bought slide film i found a place to get it developed in portland and i ended up manufacturing all of my own slide mounts because they're impossible like nobody makes them anymore and you can occasionally find them on eBay, but they're really expensive. And I just thought it would be easier to make my own. So I ended up laser cutting you know, like five or 600 of them. Oh, no kidding. I bet you uh, have gotten like crazy photos with like, all the places you've been. Hello? <laughs> Wait, am I cut out? I don't know. Oh, no, no, you no. You guys no. hear me? We oh, okay. you. I, can hear, I can hear you, Josh. Yeah. All right, Rad. <laughs> I wasn't Alan, you sure. Still with us? Oh. Hello? Alan's Wi Fi might have cut out. Oh, no. All right. oh, I can... think I just saw uh, movement yes, from Alan. Alan, are you there? Sec. I was about to say, like, his, his connection was surprisingly strong for being in a van on some Wi Fi. 
some public yeah, Wi-Fi. He, like I was, yeah. I was pretty impressed. Well, um, if it takes him a minute, we should probably just like kind of address the people at home because we haven't really right. talked to. You know, I don't know. I it, I just feel like this episode has been way better than the last one. <laughs> oh, for <No> sure. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell the people at home that um, you know, I had. I was in a tubing accident the day of the first episode, and we were like really rushed and hurried. That that's why it kind of came across as awkward. <laughs> but no, you know, it's, 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 it's a whole thing's a learning curve too. Like being able, yeah. we're using, you know, figuring out this sort of stuff. Like I think we don't we don't have to make excuses. Although I was also on forty minutes of sleep. I'll also throw that out there <laughs> for the first episode. Yeah, we oh, were man. all in agony. Don't judge us, right. okay? Right. <laughs> I may be wrong, but I think this was. Your first, or yeah, that was your first podcast ever, Josh, and it was mine yeah. also. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, then, then if if I mean by those standards, we kicked some serious butt. Like that was <laughs> that was really well. <laughs> I I felt bad. I felt bad for the guest because he was really oh, great. Yeah, he just cut out. Alan just cut out. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, dang. I I, I guess... mean, I kind of wanted to like. I still have things I want to talk to him about. Like he sounded just right. like Kurt. Like he was just. Did you hear his voice? It sounded like we were talking to Kurt Cobain, and I went to tell right. him. I just. I didn't know how to bring that in. <laughs> right. No. That that guy was. He was very smart, dude. Too. Like his vocabulary was incredible. Like he's he's a very well educated dude, and all that cool. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. He's doing like I was. Oh. Like no, I wouldn't. wanted to tell him. I wanted to tell him. Right. Like, oh my gosh, he has no idea. But like he. Oh wait, wait he's back. He oh, telling me. We got him back. Oh, we got him back. He's back. Hello, hello, Alan. You there? Oh, hello. Oh. Welcome back. There we go. Oh, hey, sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. You're, you're good. Um, where were we? I don't remember what we are talking about. Photography. That's oh, it. yeah, photography. Uh, somebody was saying pictures. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so I think the, qu- the, the question was something about, Josh, I think you were asking if he's, what cool photos he's taken or something about during his travels. What was it again? Yep. Was that it, Josh? It was essentially that, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> As do I, so don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've photos from different places, you know, cities, landscapes, people. But like, it's they're really hard to share because at least the three D photos, because you have to be the like. There's no real good way to digitize them. Oh, right. Um, I don't know how familiar you all are with slide film, but normal film is uh, gives you a negative when you develop it. So it's like an inverted image of what the actual thing is. But slide film gives you a positive. Um, so it gives you what the actual thing looks like. So when you look at the images you're seeing them illuminated from the back. And a big difference um, between a photo that's, say, printed and slide film is that you're looking at two different color spectrums. Uh, print is CMYK, which is um, a subtractive type of um, imagery, meaning that when you add all the colors together, they make black. But when you're looking at uh, an illuminated slide, you're looking at the RGB spectrum, which is an additive. So when all the colors 
go together, they make white, which is like white light, you know, kind of like the Pink Floyd album cover with the little yeah. person. Oh, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, yeah, so it's just like it's just totally different. Um, and it looks a lot richer, in my opinion, a lot more like luminous and vibrant. So there isn't really a good way of um, getting the same effect on a computer screen or on paper. That's interesting. Huh. So, this is a little a little bit off topic, but um, are you are you a fan of rock and roll? I yeah, I mean like I I like all kinds of music. <laughs> what, what's uh, your favorite kind of music? That's a great question. Um, I would like to say, as I'm sure you've heard a lot, you know, like my tastes are pretty varied. Um, mm-hmm. Like as far as rock and roll is concerned, like I grew up listening to Pink Floyd on my dad's record player. Um, oh, you know, like okay. I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin and Fish and REM and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, you should you should try Rush. They're a lot like Pink. They're really good. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also grew up playing the piano. My mom made me play the piano. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I have a pretty big background of classical music and jazz, so I really like those two genres of music. Oh, um, no kidding! Oh, yeah. Are, are you yeah. Fam- are you familiar with Nirvana? Yeah, of course. Dude, your voice is just like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I I love your voice. It's just like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> oh, I appreciate I can, that. I can hear it. No, I can hear it. <laughs> Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, music's great. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think we gotta wrap up, but I just wanted to tell you that you've been you've been really great. You know, we, we liked having you on. And like yeah, you sure. have no idea, but you are like really cool. Like the things that you tell me about <laughs> are things that I wanna do. You know what I mean? Well, um hopefully somebody is inspired to try something that they haven't done before. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You, right. You've inspired me. Like, I, I am right. like, I wanted to do a lot of things that you tell me about, but now I really want to do it, you know? Yeah. That's right. If you inspire yeah. the host, that's double points right there. So good job. Sweet. I love double points. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, and then we're going to have like a million, billion viewers on YouTube, and all of them that's are right. going to be inspired, probably. So that's right. That's a fight. That's, that's, that's a lot of points you can bring to the bank there. Nice. Bye. Episode like 50. Everybody's going to be in a Camry. Like, we're all going to be recording from a Camry. <laughs> I honestly, I really hope not. Yeah, I mean, I I know this is like, you know, a podcast where you interview the guests, but like, I'm me asking like what you guys do or who you are. Oh, um. Oh, yeah. We got time for oh, yeah, that real quick. Yeah. I guess you can go first. Andrew, because you're the most interesting. <laughs> no, that well, I appreciate. That. I don't know if that's the case, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah. So right now, um, I'm going to college. Uh, currently, I have a part-time um, radio show that I do uh, through the university. Um, oh, cool. On the side, I've been doing a couple of podcasts, like the one here with Josh and Paul, huh. and then uh, I have another one with another friend of mine, and I'm planning to do some more. Uh, it's kind yeah. of been a lot of a lot of recently been exploring um, different perspectives, talking with people, kind of seeing what they care about, you know, kind of what um, 
the, just the different, different paths that people take and ultimately like what motivates that. And so it's been a pretty interesting journey. I've gotten some cool insights and different perspectives that I hadn't considered. So I've just, I've been kind of uh, exploring that avenue of life for the time being, but gosh, li- living in a car, maybe, maybe I'm inspired also to join the, the car <laughs> lifestyle. Cause that sounds sick too. I, you know, if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, then don't. That's right. Fair enough, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, do what you want. But right. Yeah. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing. That's sure thing. Awesome that, you know, like while you're still in college, you're like exploring all of these different right. ways of life and right. not well, just you, you... tucked into like exactly kids' house mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel that. <laughs> all right. Do you want to go? What about ahead, you, Paul? Uh, Paul? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so in my day-to-day life, I I currently yeah volunteer for political campaigns. I do a lot of gaming. I have my own YouTube channel. Let's see. Shout it out. Shout it out, Paul. All right. Um, <laughs> Melee Miller, that's the name of the YouTube channel. I make comedy slash serious YouTube videos on mostly video games. I had an interview with one of the voice actors for the Beyblade TV show. And that was very interesting. But uh, cool. yeah, I just, I love learning things. I love meeting people. I'm not the, yeah, not the greatest at conversation, but I love listening to other people. Uh, yeah, like I said, a lot of gaming. Recently got this game, Ring Fit Adventure. Highly recommend that if you want to stay active while playing video games. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think overall, that about covers it. My life isn't terribly interesting right now. Oh uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a senior, senior in high school right now. Oh cool, awesome. Um, I don't know about me. I I'm a junior in high school right now, and okay. I'm. I mean, I'm in a band. I you know I like art. I I just have a bunch of different hobbies. I like rock climbing. I love the outdoors. I'd spend all day, like I'm always at the river, you know, I, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about life. I guess that's the way you could call me or whatever. You know, that's just, great. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate yeah, thank you. We all so appreciate much. you taking the time, especially considering <laughs> you have to find public Wi-Fi to do it. So. Oh yeah. No problem. I get, Hey, it gives me something to do. Like that's I'm right. <laughs> Meet new people, Absolutely. talk to people, yeah. hear other people's stories. So, that's the vibe. yeah. If you ever want to come on again, you can. Like you've been great, man. Really great. Yeah, sure. I'm. I'm always down to chat. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yeah, so do our sign outs, Josh. For having um, me and messaging yeah. me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. I don't know, like how. I guess we just all go goodbye or whatever, right? Like, goodbye, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> just re- reiterate I, the... Uh, hey, listen, <laughs> this is your show, not show. mine. Yeah, Josh, <laughs> yeah. Josh you can... <laughs> just reiterate okay, the show oh, title. We got to get that on the tail right. too. The Extraordinary Shoe Store Podcast, and we just walked a mile in the extraordinary shoes of of a really cool guy who, you know, he's a backpacker, explorer, very fun time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> for coming on thank you know thank you every thank you good time good yay right. All right. Yeah. All right, that was it celebration <laughs> of life there we go <laughs> cool all right cool guys. all right um
Booyah, Red.